0: Italian Wine Podcast, Cin-cin with Italian Wine people. This is Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Stevie Kim, filling in for Monte Walden, uh, the real, real host of Italian Wine Podcast. I'm I'm the fake uh, podcaster host. And this is the second part of um, the conversation with um, Natalie Wang um, with um, talking about the China's wine market. So welcome back, everybody. This is part two. So let's start with um, let's start with where we left off about social media in um, China. What is the main difference quickly between um, Chinese social media and Western social media as we know it?
1: Well, um, I mean, first of all, I think you mentioned we mentioned talked about it in the first part as well. Um, Western social media like Facebook, Instagram, um, Google, everything else was blocked, um, are blocked in China and. The huge difference is that um, the Chinese media is basically engineered and designed in a way for Chinese speakers. I mean, that's one obvious difference. Um, And the penetration of it, it's just so widely penetrated in the market and widely used. And it's not just a single, singular app for messaging or a singular app for video um, or a singular app for, um, you know, putting out social media content. It's combined everything. Um, It's really an ecosystem. I think that's the biggest um, difference I've seen um, from um, Western comparing Western social media um, and uh, Chinese social media.
0: So Natalie, you know, I was um, very interested in in this one slide that you showed during um, a recent webinar that you did about e-commerce and maybe we can also share that with uh, um, uh, listeners, the one where it's it's all in Chinese, uh, where you mention, you know, Taobao. There are like three levels of e-commerce, right? Uh, Taobao, JD, Ping Duo Duo, Dangdang, Dang, Ning, One Store. This is all translated from LAN just now. Um, then, then the second level is the T Mall, VIP, Alibaba, um, and the platform only for. Xi Xuan, nineteen nineteen, etc., and then of course the highly specialized, dedicated to wine is Wine World. Yes, my wine. Zhu. Can you just break that up for us um, quickly? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Because in China, you know, e-commerce so developed. I think you know. Um, that I think the last number I checked it was uh, around 710 million online shoppers in China. So just to put it in perspective, that's roughly the population of Europe combined. Um, so imagine that amount, you know, that number of uh, people using online, and then of course there's se- several different tiers and categories of e-commerce as well. The ones that we mentioned, you know, like TimorJD.com, JD.com, those are. Um, E-commerce platforms that sell everything, anything, you know, from electronics, food, uh, grocery,
0: anything you can imagine, you can find it. So that's like something equivalent to, let's say, you know, Amazon, eBay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's basically equivalent of Amazon. And then underneath that tier, you have drinks specialized e commerce platforms like Ijo, uh, Ijo, 1919. Right. That they sell all sorts of you know, alcoholic um, beverages from Baijiu, the Chinese spirit, to beer, to wine, to Huangjiu, Chinese yellow wine, or to softer drinks.
0: Um, they cover the whole range for drinks. And um, uh, as I recall, 1919, it's an interesting story because they started out with the brick-and-mortar retail shops. Yeah. You know, I and I remember I met... Um, um, the founders and, you know, they at the time they only had a thousand, but I don't know what 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 the status is now. Um, in fact, some of the huge brands were um, popular or because they were able to get through these retail shops.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think one uh, nine one nine pioneered this model for a lot of drinks retailer to combine offline shops and online shops. And they were very successful in that aspect. And they're the first ones on contrary to a lot of uh, drinks retailers they are also the first ones to start from lower tier cities. Their home base till today is still in Chengdu, which right. is the first tier city like Shanghai or Beijing. They started out in Chengdu. Do expanded gradually to second tier, third tier, and then come back to first tier cities like Shanghai and Beijing. So their strategy is completely different, which is probably why it made it made them quite successful.
0: So I mean, there are so many main players, right? Like where do where do you start? Like if if um, Italian wine producers wanted to sell their wine it, through all this. Spectrum of um, e-commerce platforms. What, like, where do they start? Where is the starting point for them?
1: I think for them, um, first thing they need to do is to ask their Chinese partners what are the available platforms their Chinese uh,
0: um, partner is on. So, start when you mean Chinese partners, do you mean the importers, yeah. the distributors? What do you mean? Like,
1: Yeah, basically, if, um, yeah, you're right. So when I say Chinese partner is their importer or distributor in China. So talk to them and ask them what kind of what are the platforms they are on? Because for a Italian winery, for instance, to open a wine shop in Mobile, that's basically impossible because you have to have a Chinese business registration, a mobile number, bank account tied to it. It's quite complicated. It's not impossible, but it's just very complicated. Complicated. So, if your importer in China already has its own platform or opened a flagship store on Taobao or JD.com, work with them to sell that and to, you know, promote your wines there. And also ask your importer, what's the price range people are comfortable paying What's the best, um, you know, what what are the items that's moving fast online? So start from there to understand what customers are looking for and what customers are eventually ended up paying for and then promote that sort of price category. Wines, I think.
0: Right. And not to mention the obvious, it's, it's the elephant in the room. But, um, you know, you have to speak Chinese, right? You have to be. And that's it seems like it's it's so obvious. I know, you know yeah, in yeah. your face kind of fact, but I mean you I mean you have to speak Chinese. You're absolutely right? right. I think, you know, for me, because you know, I'm too deep into
1: this and I forgot about those, you know, obvious things, but you're absolutely right. You have to speak Chinese or hire someone who speaks Chinese or understand Chinese and, you know, uh, get your basic information, winery, bio and everything else translated into Chinese so that your importers, distributors can use. And open a WeChat account because eventually people are looking at your WeChat as you name card and to see what's uh, what's your brand story or what are your what are the things you're offering on WeChat as well.
0: Yeah, I think WeChat also, you know, is coming to its it's you know, I think um yeah. glory in its all sense because now with the social distancing, you don't want to because you know the Italians they're always like bachi bachi, you know, abrachi, like, you know, hug and kisses and um and with WeChat you don't even have to touch anybody ever again or handshake right? So I think it's it's really this um the the um, the yeah for of the times for the pandemic <laughs> yeah listen so um, I mean I I I'm assuming that during COVID um, selling direct to consumer has increased right in terms of wine sales um what kind, have you got any inkling as to what kind of wines are performing better or worse or price points, any of that?
1: Um, yeah, I
0: don't, I mean, we don't have like
1: official data on this, but uh, my uh, impression is that, you know, uh, wines, lower end wines tend
0: to do well in China. What are, what are the lower end price points? I think around 100 r and that translates into?
1: 12 US dollars. Yeah. Okay. And that tends to do well. And also because, you know, during the pandemic, it's the downturn as well. So people are very cautious about spending. No one is really splurging like um, before COVID. Um, like before COVID, um, so people are more about what they're spending on and how they're spending the money as well.
0: So I don't want. I don't. I don't mean to put you on a spot, but like if it's twelve dollars to the consumer, what is that Exceler like? Have you got any idea, mm-hmm. Land? Do you get, have you got any idea? It should be three, three, four U.S. dollars. So, so Land says, um, who's si- who's sitting right next to me? Three to four U.S. dollars. Yeah. So it's wow. it's still you know that is very inexpensive.
1: Yeah, it is very inexpensive. I mean, the wine sold in China. Like, if you go to JD. dot com or Tmall. Take a look at the wine session and you will see a lot of the wines. The price is very, very cheap. Um, yeah, I think that's one thing people don't tend to understand. I even did a story, like, um, you know, just a couple of days ago about
0: what is what is what is this the story?
1: Uh, so the story was really about you know because now in China there's a massive campaign to urge Chinese to drink Chinese wine. So and when I was doing the story and I was looked back um, to a report published by China's drinks organization, um, I think in 2011, and it says roughly about 80 percent of Chinese wines sold in China are priced below 100 RMB, which is 12 dollars and roughly 38 percent of those wines the price between 20 RMB and 50 RMB that's like what uh, you know five n- less than five US dollars
0: you know you know but I'm completely for having the Chinese um, consumers drink Chinese wine because you know um, I often hear from at least from my side Italian wine producers you know they they're kind of they they're always um, they feel um, threatened by this fact. But I always tell them, you know, look at America. You know, Americans did not drink wine until they started drinking their own wine, and still today, uh, perhaps it's 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 not clear to them that sixty percent of the wine consumption in America are still American wines. Yeah, absolutely. and then once they become more familiar. And they get exposed to wine in general when there is a wine um, knowledge, then they can try different things like imported wines and different price points. Oh, yeah, for so sure. I, I I completely welcome the fact that, you know, we they are in China, they are encouraging Chinese wine consumption. I think that is absolutely going to be good for everybody in terms of wine market.
1: Yeah, I think it is a good thing, Um, you know, especially China is so big and you are seeing more um, quality driven wines from Ningxia or from Shandong coming out of the market. I think it's a good thing to elevate the quality of the wines so that consumers can buy and drink Chinese wine. One thing that worries me is um, when it's tinged with nationalism or xenophobia. Like
0: right, know, right, right.
1: That's one thing that worries me. But it is something we're definitely seeing happening right now. So we'll see where it leads us.
0: It's, it's interesting time for everybody right now. So we'll see where, you know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen 2021 if we ever get to that, right? So listen, let's go back to talking a little bit about live streaming. Yeah, yeah. Like what, like how does this live streaming take place through which platform? And do you have any um, other than Penfalls, of course, can you give us a question? Um, quick overview as to what live streaming um, platforms they are and if there are any um, brands who were particularly successful. And I know they use also, this is a twofold question. Um, in China, the Chinese are the only ones who talk about KOL. What does that mean? What does that sound for?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I think live streaming is like uh, e-commerce on it just suddenly bloated. I mean, it came onto the scene roughly two, or three years ago, but during the pandemic, it just, you know, uh, acted like a uh, catalyst for live streaming. Everyone that I know in the wine trade in China is suddenly using live streaming to sell wines because, you know, with the lockdown and uh, quarantine measures in place. And uh, the popular platforms for live streaming is still. Um, link to e-commerce, um, like Tmall and JD.com, two of the biggest e-commerce platforms in China that account for roughly 80% of the market share. So you have um, um, online influencers or this KOL key opinion
0: leaders, like... Right, but we just call them influencers, right? Yeah, influencers, basically. Like- but they are key opinion leaders.
1: Yeah, like Li Jiaqi, um, I don't know if you heard about him. He's known as the lipstick
0: king. <laughs> right, he, he's the kid who sold like squillions of lipsticks, right, in one nanosecond.
1: Yeah, that's the one. So he's the one who got famous in China like three years ago because he was so good selling lipsticks. And, you know, he sold, if I remember remembered correctly, he sold roughly 15,000 lipsticks within five minutes. No, no, it's just, I mean, that's still...
0: But he sells other stuff, not just lipstick, right?
1: Absolutely. He branched out to basically selling anything like home appliance, frying pan, anything. But does he sell any wine? Oh, yeah, that too. And um, he worked with uh, Great Wall and Great Wall a Chinese state-owned winery, the second biggest uh, winery in China, actually. He worked with him um, in January, actually, just this year, before Chinese uh, Spring Festival. And he managed to sell 20,000 cases of wine within 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> wow, that's, that's pretty impressive for especially China. Who are the uh, KOLs kind of like specialized in wine?
1: Uh, lady
0: penguin, um, Terry Shu.
1: Yeah, I think those are the two KOLs influencers that I can think of. Are specialized in wine. The other sort of uh, they do a little bit of everything. Yeah, but Lady Penguin is the one that sort of stands out. Uh, she's quite, yeah, she's quite um, influential.
0: So listen, like, how does the um, in, to engage a KOL? Who pays for them? A winery, I think. Comp- <laughs> so, so the wineries pay. Um, it's like hiring an influencer. It's just the influencer marketing model, yeah, right?
1: I mean, influencer marketing. Think about, I mean, if you're in the U.S. And you are a brand owner, luxury brand owner, you want to have Kim Kardashian or some celebrities come over to you, there's a, a certain rate cut and then you pay them, you sort out the details. I know some wine associations worked with them and a few wineries they did as well.
0: I mean, I think, I think Lady Penguin is quite successful with her own brands, but can they actually also, in your opinion, um, are they capable of selling other brands?
1: Mm, it's a little bit challenging. I think Lady Penguin is known for wine and uh, other alcoholic beverages for her to branch out to other
0: things. I don't know. It's a big question mark. What? I mean, I think that's just in general, right? Not just in China, but what is the conversion rate of these influences, especially for wine, right? Yeah. So it's. Uh, I think anyone who comes up with that study will be it will, will be a bestseller for um, for <laughs> the wine market. Oh, yeah. So listen, I know um, you're not Nostradamus, um, unless you have a secret. Um, but what, in your opinion, what does future hold for China? What what will be the new norm, quote-unquote, for the wine business in China after the lockdown being eased a bit?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, um, online shopping is definitely going to stay um, because uh, I think a lot of people even during the lockdown um, – the amazing thing about the pandemic is, you know, it changed a lot of people's shopping habits. Um, I think I read some figures uh, a couple of days ago, I, uh, a lot of first-time shoppers were converted into the virtual world during the lockdown, just in the first month, um, in February, So that's quite amazing. A lot of the frequent um, online shoppers already, you know, increased their frequency um, shopping online. So I think that's going to stay. Of course, there are some people after the lockdown measures were lifted and then they were going to say, well, I'm going to go back to brick and mortar shopping, which is fine. But then certainly there's going to be a certain group of people who got used to online shopping and they'll say, well, this is not too bad. I'm going to stick with online shopping. So
0: I think we're going to see more of that. So, you know, um, you know, I think both of us and many people um, in the wine world, we used to travel quite a bit. Yeah. Um, now that, you know, the... It, has, it will definitely affect tourism as well as wine tourism. Um, you know, after the collapse of tourist economy, it will definitely affect the hospitality, right? Hotels, restaurants, um, and all the different um, services yeah. related to this business, which is very important for the wine business. I mean, in America alone, there are 40 million people without a job right now. Yeah, yeah. So once the travel ban is um, lifted or partially lifted, what is the, um, what do you think is the efficacy? How does the contact tracing app work for you uh, right now? Do you have that in Hong Kong and in China? How can you... Can you travel easily in and out? Um,
1: at the moment in Hong Kong, we actually don't have that, but I think in China, they already developed a contact tracing app. If it's green and you can travel to different places, that means your buyer is free. But if it's red, you sort of have to go into quarantine. Um, but unfortunately at the moment in Hong Kong, we can't still can't go anywhere. And uh, the border is closed, uh, at least until July. International travels um, is still banned. Until September, so we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, I think um, social distancing is gonna persist um, unless un- t- unless we find a workable and viable vaccine solution for the whole population. Otherwise, still people are gonna be very cautious, at dining out, going out as well.
0: So, um, if you can give us kind of you know as we approach, you know this. Um, the new kind of post COVID era, hopefully Um, I don't want to really jinx ourselves, but um, if you can recommend like three things or like key takeaways, what would that be for uh, dedicated to the Italian wine producers as we approach the second half of 2020? Mm
1: -hmm. And this
0: is my last question for you.
1: Yeah. 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 I think um, if, they don't know anything about finding social media right now and i will highly recommend them to get themselves acquainted with the um like apps like wechat and start to play with it just to understand how it works and also build work with your importers and distributors to build up your online presence if you already have an online presence expand your online presence i mean this is a best time to do that as everyone is going digital. And also, you know, um, I think China, because it is the first country to be hit by the coronavirus, and uh, it is definitely among the it first. It's yeah. second. Yeah, and it definitely. Yeah. Huh?
0: Not that it's a competition.
1: Yeah, yeah, not that it's a competition but what I'm saying is you know, because it's head first and it's going to be a the first to recover as well and certainly we're seeing that right now in China so fingers crossed hopefully it will be like that and mark down a few key trade fairs that they want to attend in the second half of the year so plan for that already because I think the fairs that are happening mostly are in November like Wine to Asia organized by Vin Italy, of course, and then Pro Wine, yeah. So mark down those fairs you want to um, attend to draw out um, Chinese buyers because by then people already depleted the old stocks and they're in the position to purchase and buy for next uh, year and the upcoming Chinese New Year. So that's the best time to do business in China. So that's something to keep in mind as well.
0: So do you think like, I mean, have you been to, I knew I I said it was the last question, but one last, last question. Uh, You're now in Hong Kong. Have you kind of resumed your normal life? Like, are you going to the restaurants? Are you weary?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hong Kong, I mean, it's completely, um I think we're out of woods, but still the government is very cautious um, just this month, uh, just this week, uh, starting from today, actually. So I'm very excited. Um, everyone is allowed to have group gatherings indoors and outdoor activities. Uh, number is increased to 50. Restaurants are allowed to operate at full capacity. And uh, everything just loosened up starting from today. So that's a very good thing. And uh, things are getting back to normal. In fact, I just read an article from South China Morning Post today, this morning, and it says restaurants are now hard to make bookings because everything is full, (laughs) everything is packed
0: that's fantastic that's fantastic news really good news it's a little bit slower here but in italy because i i i uh i went to a like a real restaurant couple of restaurants last week for the first time i've been mostly ordering in um from delivery but let's cross fingers and naturally listen Thank you so much for this. And um, I think um, I would highly recommend, again, everybody to go vino-joy.com website um, because it's loaded, loaded with the latest update in China's wine market. So, Natalie, I know you're a busy lady. Thank you so much. And listen, I hope to get you here for Wine to Wine and, um, in the fall, in November. Oh yeah, definitely love to. Okay, I mean, if we can't get you physically because you know for some reason, at least you know we'll do uh, uh, like a um, virtual conferencing, a webinar, something. Okay, love to. Okay, already. Ciao, ciao. Grazie mille. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin!